to another edition of Butcher's Giant. I'm Trevor Woods, and I'm here today with my fellow colleague at Maize and Brew, SB Nation's Maize and Brew, Vaughn Lausanne. And we are talking Michigan recruiting, Detroit Free Press ranking Michigan number five in the Big Ten pecking order, and other Michigan-related topics today. How are you doing today, Vaughn? Hey, doing, doing great, man. How are you asking? doing? We're going to jump right into it and start talking some Michigan recruiting. It was a real, real good week for Michigan recruiting. Maybe the best in the Harbaugh era so far. And Harbaugh's landed some good ones in the past. Not a good recruiting class last season uh, as far as the rankings were concerned. We'll see how they end up performing. But the next recruiting class is off to a great start. Michigan's ranked number five right now in the their next class, according to 24-7 Sports. Six commitments the past week uh, from three-star tight end Eric All. They landed four-star in-state defensive tackle Matthew Smith. Uh, three-star Viper Joey Velasquez committed to Michigan. Then there was four-star running back Zach Charbonnet, who looks like a force to be reckoned with. Then there was 2019 three-star cornerback DJ Turner. There was 2019 three-star athlete George Johnson III. And, uh, Vaughn, you talked to one of the guys, one of the six, Joey Velasquez. Was that a good conversation? Did he sound excited to be coming to the Maize and Blue? Yeah, no, it was a great conversation. Joey is actually a really stand-up guy, very mature for his age. I would say one of the more mature recruits that I've spoken with in my time as a recruiting writer and uh yeah he's definitely excited to uh be a part of uh wolverine nation um you know he cited academics as one of the big reasons why uh you know culture of course and uh the fact that he's able to play both football and baseball that was huge for him he was originally a baseball commit at uh, ohio state university he's from the state of ohio um so being able to play both baseball and football um at the same university was a huge thing for him um, you know he told me that he understands the challenges of doing all of that um, you know playing two sports and uh, being a full-time uh, college student at a university like Michigan um, but you know he, he knows what he wants he knows what he has to improve on um, he knows what he's already good at uh, this seems like a really good fit for Michigan for Don Brown's defense admittedly I haven't seen a whole lot of film on him so I'd have to do some homework but um, you know, with his measurables, he's six feet tall, um, right at six feet. He's about 200, 205 pounds. He's a very built guy, very strong, very athletic. Um, I, I think he's going to play center field um, for the baseball team. So uh, if that uh, says anything about his speed, um, he, he should be a pretty quick guy, um, both on the baseball field and on the football field. So I would say this is a really good pickup for Michigan. Um, you know, I don't know who you're most excited about, but, um, I'm really pumped that, uh, uh, Mazzy Smith, like you said, in-state defensive tackle, I, I'm really high on him for a long time. One of the best defensive tackles in the country in this recruiting cycle. He's 6'3", 290 pounds, and this dude is just a beast. He, play, he plays in, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan at East Kentwood. Uh, he's, he was a very high, high-ranked recruit being recruited by the best of best, Alabama, Penn State, you name him, he was being recruited by him. Uh, this is a really good get from Michigan, and uh, I, I'm really excited to see how uh, he shapes up with his uh, 
Wolverine career. Yeah, and I'm excited personally about the four-star running back out of Cali, California. Got a Cali prospect in the fold <laughs> in the, the tundra in December and then November of Ann Arbor. So that'll be an interesting adjustment for Zach, Char- Zach Charbonnet, who stands six foot two, weighs 215 pounds, the number 15 running back in the 2019 class. Uh, at Los Angeles Times reporter said that Charbonnet, who's already committed to Michigan, he said that it's a done deal since he's committed He's going to stick with Michigan. He means it. So you know how it goes. Until the ink is dry, sometimes a commit will verbally commit, and then they'll jump ship at a later date. Doesn't sound to be the case with Charbonnet. And uh, Charbonnet, he is a strong dude. His measurables are about the same as Le'Veon Bell's, Ty Isaac, Leonard Fournette. So if he could be even remotely as good as Bell was for Michigan State, that would be a huge get for Michigan. So Charbonnet ran for over 2,000 yards last year, 23 touchdowns, also can catch the football, had 27 receptions. We're going to have a scouting report on you, uh, on the, for you, uh, coming up on Mason Brew shortly on Charbonnet. And Vaughn's uh, interview with Joey Velasquez will be coming to you in the near future as well. So lots of good content on Mason Brew as always. It may only be July, but football stuff is heating up, and we will have it coming to you in droves. So, as we said, it was a big, big week for Michigan recruiting. Had six commits. But I just wonder myself personally, why now? Why are there six commits? What has changed for Michigan? Has anything changed? Uh, So, Vaughn, my question to you is – why did Michigan have such a good week? What are the, these recruits seeing that says, okay, I want to go play for Michigan. I believe I have a great chance to win there. Well, that's a really good question, honestly. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, just the timing of a lot of the recruits uh, visiting the University of Michigan. There was a huge recruiting weekend. Uh, June 22nd was the day that, uh, you know, tons and tons of prospects all across the country came to Ann Arbor to visit, and uh, all of these guys that committed uh, pretty much came up and visited the University of Michigan. Uh, Joey Velasquez, off all the recruits, are all six of those recruits committing. As you said, George Johnson was another one. Uh, Eric All, the tight end from Ohio, was another one. DJ Turner, the cornerback. Uh, Charbonnet, as we already spoke about. I mean, all these guys have been visiting, and they all visited lovely at the same time. So, and there were a lot of recruits that visited that weekend that did not come. Uh, Lewis Sign is another one, a uh, big safety uh, Viper that uh, Don Brown is recruiting very hard. Zach Harrison, uh, one of the top defensive ends in the country. He's from Ohio as well. Uh, he was another one that visited during that uh, June 22nd uh, a recruiting visit. And uh, he is still considering Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, um, pretty much all the big uh, Big Ten schools. So I think a lot of it just has to do with the timing of these visits. And um, I know a lot of these guys been coming back for the barbecue at the big house at the end of July. And uh, that's always another really big recruiting uh, uh, weekend for the Maize and Blue. 
We'll see if any other commitments come from that weekend. I know that there were a couple last year. Uh, Nolan Rumler, who is the top offensive line prospect for Michigan on this cycle, uh, he committed during the barbecue weekend last year. And uh, Stephen Heron Jr., uh, uh, one of the top defensive ends in the country, he committed uh, to Michigan during that weekend last year too. So just goes to show what these recruiting weekends really mean to these guys. Uh, they, can, they can really um, you know, make or break whether you get a guy to sign or not, whether you get a guy to commit or not, whether it's verbal or, um, you know, like you said, a guy like Zach, Zach Charbonnet is probably a, a lock at this point. There are a couple other guys that I'd consider a lock, Chris Hinton being one of them. He's been committed for a really long time. Um, it seems like locked in as well. So pretty much just, just the timing of these commitments, um, you know, really has to hinge on um, the timing of all of these guys coming to the same place at once, all enjoying their time, um, all feeling like family. Um, you know, it, and it's really big that, uh, you know, the coaches, Jim Harbaugh and, uh, you know, Don Brown, all these guys really make them all feel at home and try to get these big prospects like Harrison, like sign that still haven't uh, committed yet to uh, maybe feel a little bit more like family and end up committing to Michigan later down the road. What do you think? You made it, you made a good point about the timing. Uh, the national media right now is giving sunshine and rainbows to Michigan and saying, oh, wow, look at this. So it, that's a good statement you made that, yeah, there was a big recruiting weekend uh, to where that may not be known by everyone. And uh, so, so I'd say we have to pump the brakes as objective analysts a little bit in praising Michigan. However, uh, they brought guys in, and they had a handful of commitments over a weekend, and you still always have to seal the deal, and they did that to a certain degree. The barbecue at the big house next month could provide more commits. Uh, but there's something being done. There's something to be said about Michigan landing these guys. Last season was not a good season for Michigan. It wasn't a good recruiting class after the season for Michigan. Uh, eight and five season. Usually you don't rise up in June of the following year to number five in the uh, next year's recruiting class. So all we can do is speculate and give some conjecture, but my speculation and my assumption, based on some certain knowledge I know of the inner workings of things, the new staff in the fold at Michigan is helping matters. There's, John, uh, there's Jim Harbaugh and Don Brown. They are rock-solid foundations on both sides of the football and really good at communicating with these young kids. But then there's the new guys in the fold, whether it's Al Washington, uh, Sharon Moore, uh, Jim McEwen, uh, Ed Warner. You have the new strength and conditioning coaches. They seem to be having a message that's resonating with players that are already on the Michigan team and then recruits who come in and seeing the work they're putting in with guys they're impressed by it then you have another element it's always competitive when it comes to facilities michigan has now had they, they have new facilities million million dollar project it has a new weight room for the football team that even has a basketball court attached to it so guys go in there and they've been wowed by it i've talked to a handful of recruits as i and i know you have as well Mon, and that is one area that they are impressed by 
maybe not as much as the great academics that the University of Michigan has to offer, but it is one element. So when you combine all these elements together, it makes for a much more appealing program to play for. The final element, I'd say, that is making guys commit and wanting to commit putting Michigan in their top five, top threes, uh, would be Shea Patterson. Quite honestly, there is so much enthusiasm for the program attached to the name Shea Patterson and the wins and lack of losses that may come along with it, whether that's reality or not. Uh, perception does rule this world, and it rules college football and recruiting. So all good news if you're a Michigan Wolverine coach or fan, I'd say, in how things are trending. Speaking of how things are trending, on the flip side, the Detroit Free Press the other day came out with an article, Big Ten Football Power Rankings. Michigan fans may like this, they may hate it, they may agree with it. One of the three. Michigan comes in at number five in the Big Ten Power Rankings. Above them, number four, Michigan State. Number three, Penn State. Number two, Wisconsin. Number one, Ohio State. Let me ask you, Vaughn, what do you think about where Michigan's ranked, and what do you think about the teams ahead of them? Do you find this to be a fair ranking? Should Michigan be higher? Should they be lower? No, I, th I think it's completely fair that they put them at five. Um, I guess the only other team that I would question uh, being ahead of them is Penn State at this moment in time. I know that they have the quarterback solidified with Trace McSorley, but they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. They're going to have a new running back. They're going to have to fill uh, the wide receiver position that Deshaun Hamilton left behind. And Mike Kosicki, the, in my opinion, who was the best top, was the uh, top tight end in the country last season. Um, he's gone. Uh, so I know that a lot of their offensive line is coming back as well. Um, you know, to help Trace McSorley. But it, it just the, the questions with the running back, I know that they've got a former five-star uh, who's going to be the starter next season. Uh, I think his name's Miles Sanders. Uh, but you, you still got the question marks at wide receiver, got the question marks at tight end. And uh, Moorhead, Joe Moorhead, their former offensive coordinator, is uh, going to be the head coach now over in Mississippi State, I believe. Um, you know, it's just going to be a lot of questions on the offensive side. And uh, defensively, uh, they're, they're going to have a lot of questions as well. Um, so, uh, you know, it, putting Michigan at five, it, I'm fine with it, quite honestly. I, I'm, I'm not torn up about it. I don't think they should be ahead of Ohio State. I don't think they should be ahead of Wisconsin. And quite frankly, I don't think they should be ahead of Michigan State. Michigan State's returning a lot of guys, too. They got their quarterback coming back. Uh, they got the running back as well. Uh, a bunch of good, young receivers. Um and quite frankly, I, they've owned Michigan over the last uh, decade or so. And uh, they beat Michigan last year. I know that a lot of fans will say, oh, well, it was the rain. Uh, I don't find that as an excuse. You got to make plays. You got to win the game. And uh, then you can, uh, you, know, uh, you know, really bake in the glory of beating your rivals. But Michigan didn't do that last year. So in, until they do that, until they consistently win and uh, prove that they can play in the big games and win those big games – I think fine. Um, I, I think being placed at five is a, a, a perfectly acceptable in my mind. What do you think, man? Well, let me ask you this, and I'll give you my thoughts too. But you you said that Michigan State, uh, you don't mind them being ahead of Michigan. 
do you think Michigan beats Michigan State this Is year? It, that's a good question. It, it's in East Lansing. Like I said, they got a lot of guys returning, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They didn't really lose a whole lot. I know they lost their top uh, offensive lineman to the NFL. Um, it, it's going to be close, honestly, and it all just depends on how Michigan's offense um, really shapes up this year. Who knows if uh, the offensive line will be better? Who knows if the wide receivers will be able to get separation and catch balls on a consistent basis. They weren't really able to do that last year. Um, there's just a lot of questions going into the season about Michigan's offense that, quite honestly, it's a coin toss to me at this moment. And I, I know that a lot of people are going to be scratching their heads at me saying that, but that's really how I feel about it. No, that's that's a perfectly fine explanation. I agree with you. There are a lot of question marks. There's a lot of unknowns. Uh, that doesn't make it necessarily a bad thing. It's just reality. Shea Patterson, he's kind of been anointed the savior by at least a fraction, a uh, good fraction of the fan base. And uh, Shea Patterson, as our managing editor, Anthony Broom, has said, is not the savior. The, the team, the team needs to save itself, whether it's the offensive line, receivers catching balls, just a more cohesive unit as a whole. So all the pieces of the machine have to be working in order for it to be a fine-tuned one. So, yeah, there's a lot of questions that will ultimately be answered by the time even Michigan plays Notre Dame on September 1st. But as we sit here at the middle of summer, we do not know these things. So Michigan being ranked number five, Jim Harbaugh, let's say Jim Harbaugh saw this. I'm sure some members of the staff saw it. They're either pissed and said, like, we'll show them, or they, they really don't care. Uh, it's it just this is all for fun. Rankings are all for fun. The preseason polls, the preseason rankings, the preseason watch list, they don't really mean a whole lot once the end of November rolls around. But uh, there's not as much to talk about this time of the year. Thus, we talk about it. Um, when it comes to Michigan State, I would actually put Michigan ahead of Michigan State. It's going to be a good game. Uh, it usually is one way or the other. They don't like each other. The coaches don't like each other. They've exchanged some uh, Twitter back and forth uh, in December that wasn't exactly uh, pleasant for either man or program, and that's not going to be forgotten once they play each other in October. So uh, there's a lot on the line uh, as far as personal rivalries and then the big rivalry team versus team as a whole. So, yeah, that's going to be a barn burner. And uh, that's another thing, Michigan being ranked number five. It also has to do with the schedule. You, they have to go to Ohio State. They have to go to East Lansing. So, those are not easy games to win, whether they're home or away. So then being away makes it harder. Uh, but, yeah, number five, I, I don't think anybody should have a problem with Michigan being ranked number five in the Big Ten pecking order, according to Detroit Free Press right now. you got to beat the teams that are ahead of you on that list. And uh, if anything, I think they should use this as motivation. I would actually put them at number three. That's based on my uh, assumption that, the unknown questions you alluded to, Vaughn, are going to be answered that the, the experience that wasn't there last year is now here. There's a quarterback in the fold that can be productive and not lose games for the team. 
The offensive line is going to actually protect the quarterback this year. The uh, coaching changes are going to lead to a more cohesive game plan that will give the team more wins. Um, I, I don't think Penn State's going to be as good this year. I do believe Michigan will beat them. Think about it. If, if they didn't have Saquon Barkley last year, I, I don't think Penn State would have won 11 games. And Deshaun Hamilton, that's a big loss too. He was great for Penn State. And then you lose your offensive coordinator. That's usually not a good thing, whether it's in the collegiate ranks or the NFL. So uh, then there's Wisconsin. Wisconsin's number two. Wisconsin always gives Michigan a dogfight, and they're always close games. So have no problem with that. And then there's Ohio State. And uh, give me some general thoughts on Ohio State, Vaughn. They're going to have Dwayne Haskins this year. J.T. Parrott's gone. But uh, we saw we saw what Haskins did once he came to the game in the second half against Michigan at the big house. And uh, it, it looked like good news that Barrett was out, and that was anything but the case. Haskins played better than Barrett did in that game. And then, of course, on the other side of the football, Nick Bosa's back, who beat Maurice Hurst and others out for Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. So what do you think about the Buckeyes heading into the season? Yeah, well, you pretty much just hit it in the head. I mean, Dwayne Skins, when he came in against U of M, when uh, JT Barrett injured his knee in the big house, I mean, <laughs> it, it, he went 7 of 8. Uh, I believe he only had one incompletion, but it, he he had some nice touch on his passes. Um, that that one pass, I remember, the, the play where Tyree Kittle got injured, uh, that was one of the nicest passes I've seen or I saw in that game. And uh, that, that guy was just coming in. Hey, he was just coming in to replace JT Barrett, who was a uh, you know, fifth-year senior. He was the leader of that team for five years. And this kid, uh, you know, one of the real first uh, big-time playing experiences he had, he he played really well. Um, so I would expect him to be really good this year. The running backs are going to be really good, Dobbins and Mike Weber. Uh, the the really the, they have questions on the offensive line as well. I'm not sure, um, you know how well they're going to be up front. Um, you know that's something that Michigan's defensive line will obviously try to hone in on once they play at the Horseshoe. Uh, their secondary is going to be really good again. Um, you know they've just got a really good team overall. And like you said, Nick Bosa, um, you know one top uh, won the Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year last year. I personally thought uh, uh, Mo Hurst should have won it, but uh, that's just me. Nick Bosa is definitely deser- deserving of it as well. He just didn't have the stats that Mo Hurst had. But, I mean, when you see him play, I, he may even be better than Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa, when he was at Ohio State, um, was obviously a beast. He, he was picked third in the NFL draft uh, the year that he got picked. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about Ohio State's defense. Um like I said, some questions on offensive line, but if you've got a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins and uh, pieces like J.K. Dobbins and Weber, um, you know it, it, they're going to be a really tough out this season. So I uh, would expect them to be an Indy again if they beat Michigan um, in the horseshoe. I think that game will pretty much determine the uh, Big East winner uh, or Big Ten East winner. Um, that goes to Indianapolis for the championship game. So uh, it's going to be an interesting season when it comes to, uh, you know, all these Big Ten East teams. It, it, it always seems to be, uh, at least. So, um, 
you know, it's going to be really interesting this year in, in the conference. Oh, definitely going to be very interesting in the conference. It's going to be interesting for the University of Michigan last year, one of the youngest teams in the nation for Jim Harbaugh. Now, I guess you could say there's no more excuses. Not that Jim Harbaugh has ever made any excuses. Let's make that clear. But as far as fans, uh, some fellow writers even, as far as their own opinion, that uh, this and that led to uh, the wins and losses not being as advantageous as Michigan fans would have liked. But this year, it, it, it appears, as far as on paper, they have the quarterback, they have the experience, they have the proper coaching staff in place, uh, the uh, right amount of cooks in the kitchen. I hate using that phrase, but everybody <laughs> else does. So I'm using it because people know what it means. I think Jim Harbaugh has more of a firm hold on the offense and the trajectory of it. Uh, more yay-nay control to where uh, maybe he's let too many people in the past uh, have a say. And that's uh, still going to be the case. Jim Harbaugh is always going to be one to let people's voices be heard. But at the end of it all, Michigan's paying him the most because he does know the most and he's accomplished the most out of anybody on the staff. So he's done great things. But you got to win. you got to win. And if he doesn't this year, it's going to be ugly. Got to beat your rivals. Nobody knows that more than Jim Harbaugh. Uh, nobody's lost as much sleep because of it as Jim Harbaugh. So nobody's going to prepare for it as much as Jim Harbaugh because of it. Uh, so going to be an interesting year. I, I'm hopeful, not from a fan's perspective, but from a writer's perspective in the press box week in week out it's more fun there's more eyeballs on articles when the team you're covering is winning and the more cool places you get to go when they win hopefully somewhere tropical i get to cover so uh as you always say vaughn go blue and uh do you have any final thoughts um no not really i think we've covered pretty much all of it uh if you want to follow me on twitter for all michigan football and michigan basketball um just in general news and recruiting you can follow me at vaughn underscore lozon um now do you have any final thoughts trevor my final thoughts are everybody have a good summer and uh see you september 1st that's the first game and a lot will be decided then against Notre Dame. If they lose, the wheels might fall off from the, the beginning of the year. So uh, we'll see. It's it's going to be an exciting few months ahead and more. So uh, stay tuned. There's going to be plenty more Victor's Valiance podcasts throughout the year. And we will be here for all the ins and outs and the inside perspective of all things Michigan athletics and especially Michigan football. So for myself, for Vaughn, Everybody have a good day and a good night, and we'll see you next time on Victor's Valiant.